I do believe we are live. Okay, let's make sure we're live on uh, Facebook here, you know? Technology can be a little tricky at times. Technology can indeed be tricky. But it looks like it's we got a winner here. We got a winner here. Woo, 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 woo. Hey, everybody. This is Shelly Shell Williams, and this is 30 interviews in 30 days celebrating Black History Month, Black Excellence, and of course, Urban Expressions 30. So that's where the whole 30 comes on. You know, it's 30 years for Urban Expressions. Can you believe it? Woo, 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 woo. And today, of course, we have to celebrate Nathaniel Lee on 2-22. No, 2-2-22. Can you believe it? 2-2-22. All those great numbers there. And Nathaniel Lee is an author, journalist, radio host, and I mean, and just so many other things. But the fact is, he's actually my friend. Hey, friend, how are you? I am well, Shelly. Good to see you as always with your beautiful self. And before I even begin, mm -hmm. let me say congratulations to mm -hmm. Urban Expressions' 30th anniversary. Mm -hmm. That's no small feat to accomplish. You guys accomplished it. So I just, I'd be remiss in my duties if I didn't first start off by saying congratulations to Urban Expressions on your 30th. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We all appreciate it. The team appreciates it. You know, it's just like, hey, why not celebrate it, right? It's a great month, Black history. And so um, while we're celebrating Black history, you have made Black history. You are like, like a change maker in Black history. You started off not even wanting to be a writer, but became a front page newspaper writer. And I think that is definitely a change-making, history-making thing. So the thing, let's start off with, um, what did you want to be when you grow up? When you grow up, you know how to say, what did you want to be when you grow up? What did you want to be when you grew up? Well, actually, I did. I, I was the strangest child. I did want to, I, I wanted to be an artist. So mm. I, I, I would draw, like, I guess what they call pictographs. I would draw stories with art like images and stories with art. And I would use uh, all kinds of scratch paper and all of this. I'd make like little comic books and et cetera. So I was fascinated with, with art and I was fascinated with storytelling, even as a baby before I was even able to write. So I would have little drawings, like, like a cave drawing. <laughs> you know, like little stick figures for you? They were stick figures. Okay. I, start, I started out with stick figures and they evolved over time and, mm -hmm. and you know, they became a little more elaborate. But um, so and, and in a way, I did want to I did always wanted to to write. I never wanted to write newspapers, but I always wanted to write. And um, I was one of those people that listened to talk radio when I was a child. It's the, something about the sound of the human voice, um, the, the interchange of ideas and discussions. So when I was young, when my brothers and my sisters and my friends were listening to music, I was listening to talk radio. My sister used to call it. Um, there was a station I used to listen to, uh, WWDB, I believe it was. And um, my sister called it the station where everybody sounded alike. <laughs> <laughs> they all had the same voice. I didn't get that, but uh, so 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 I always wanted to do those things. Uh, to make a long story short, I'm not to do. 
So make a long story short, you actually always wanted to be a writer, but not necessarily a newspaper writer. But never, yes, never wanted to do newspaper. Never even thought to me, I, I saw myself writing narratives and uh, uh, maybe a little fiction. I'm not a fiction guy at all. Um, you know, or should I say very rarely, but I, I always wanted to write and to tell people stories and et cetera. And it just so happens that that led me many years later into newspapers, but newspapers wasn't my aspiration. But newspapers wasn't your aspirations. However, God had it a different way and you began writing for major newspapers, right? So uh, how did you initially get started with writing with uh, the Philadelphia Tribune? Or, 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 and I mean, I know you started with a lot of other places, but we know <laughs> that the Philadelphia Tribune was one of the uh, newspapers you wrote for for like how many years? Ooh, uh, 12. Whoa. Uh, yeah, about 12 years. 12 years. Um, yeah. Um, now, what happened, as you, as you said, I started writing for other publications prior to that. And so I think one of the first was um, Mr. Jim Tyoon, the late Mr. Tyoon. He, uh, he, he, he's passed away, but at the public record, you know, he gave me, um, he gave me a couple of assignments and he asked me to write. And that was my first, um, I used to write for organizations, groups and organizations. Now that I had like 20 years in the game, I, I, at this point, about some 20 years, but that's where I started off at. And I loved writing people's, getting people's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm mission oriented. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love doing the press releases. I loved writing their presentations and creating. And um, so I started with the public record and I wasn't getting paid or anything, but I, I did a couple of articles there. Then it became uh, the West Side Weekly. And I stayed there. Um, you know, um, I, I, I really loved it there. I loved the community aspect. But a friend of mine who worked at the Tribune said, look, I, I'd like to see if maybe you would like to write for the Tribune, and he arranged for an interview, and I went, and not expecting much, and when I went in, you know, the interview was like, I had like six editors throwing questions at me, now, <laughs> keep in mind, I wasn't a newspaper guy really, really, really then, but, you know, I knew the craft, I knew, you know, how I just answered from the hip, and next thing you know, I got an assignment, and I'm reading the paper one day, and I see my story, I'm like, whoa, they, they gave me a test story and I, I, I didn't even think it would be published. And it's been on since then. And from then, a, a number of other publications. So that's what started. And I believe that was your, was that your question? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was basically, how did you get started at the Tribune? You answered that. Was, that. that was so it, it was one of those things that you started off, you got, you, you, you did what you wanted to do. You started writing for different publications and then you get a major one, uh, Relatively major, you know what I mean? Tribune is like one of the, the oldest black newspaper in Philadelphia. So that's a pretty great feat. So then now did you consider yourself an actual journalist if, or or were you still teetering and tired like, am I really a journalist? When did you decide that, hey, I'm a journalist? Well, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's so strange. And I'm just now, uh, maybe a couple of years ago, realizing that this is a common thing. But because over time, I would, I, I've gravitated towards the Black community, always did, always loved telling those stories that I figured other reporters and other publications would bypass or not find interest in. Um, and so what I found out was they started making front page all the time. 
And so there was times I'd pick up a Philadelphia Tribune and be on the front page. I'd pick up a West Side Weekly that, that week and be on the front page. And I'd pick up the UC Review and be on the front page. So I'm on the front page of three publications, different stories in each. And, um, and, and this happened, at first I thought it was a fluke. Well, maybe, you know, um, maybe somebody liked me <laughs> or, or something like that. Maybe it was political because I, I didn't have any enemies or anything. And um, so I felt like a fluke. But then as it started happening, it, it continued for years and years and years. It never abated. And for years that went on. And so then I started feeling like I started suffering from um, what they call imposter syndrome. <laughs> I really felt like, like, how is this, how is this actually happening? And up until very recently, then I realized this is a common thing. Um, so no, I didn't feel like a journalist. I, I knew I was doing a job of a journalist. I think I, I knew I was doing some important work, but I never really until recently felt like a, a, a legitimate journalist. 12 years later, just recently, you feel like a, a, a journalist. So Let's talk about the significance of a front page story. You know, people may not be in the newspaper business, but what does that actually mean to a, a, a someone who is a writer, someone who has written a story and made it to the front page? What is the significance of that for a writer? Well, you know, I didn't put a lot of significance in it myself. You know, I, again, like I didn't go to the school for journalism and et cetera. I, I, I pounded the beat. You know, and that's how I learned. I pounded the beat and I had some some guidance along the way. And um, but I learned by doing. And I think um, so I didn't really care that much uh, uh, about the front page part. It was an honor. Don't get me wrong. It was it was honored. And again, but I, I, I had the hostage syndrome. So. But the significance is, you know, it's just like anything you put your best forward all the time. So when you're on a front page, those are the stories, the lead stories are the ones that you really want, you really think will capture readers. You know, you really think are important that you put them in a prominent place. Mm -hmm. And so for, to have done that for 13 years, 12 years, 12, 13 years, um, and to have prominently been placed in, in such a prominent position on the front page so many times over the years, um, it wasn't until much, much later that I began to say, wow, this really, you know, maybe it is legitimate. Mm -hmm. I get, I'm pretty sure it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, uh, we we know uh, as people, I know a French page story to me is like, what? What do you mean we did that? Oh, that is a great thing. So congratulations on your many years of having a front page story because it is significant. It is that that means your work is being seen and they chose your work to be you know, on the front, on the front paper. So you, you, you transitioned from journalism to increase, I don't know, radio personality. Would you consider that, that's still a part of journalism. So that, that's, yes, that's still journalism. It's just not print journalism. It's just print journalism. So now you have, uh, you're still writing for the paper, right? You're still writing for uh, different papers. No, well, actually, no, I'm trying to, it's, it, it was weird. Because two years ago, I began becoming disenchanted with, with, with the print media. And not, not just that, it's just because I was telling the stories and there's some things I really wanted to, to tell I, I knew wouldn't be accepted. Um, and if I was going to be a journalist, I wanted to tell all sides. Of, and so I found that it was getting a little flat in the Black media. It was the stories that were getting a little flat. They were getting a little... Uh, 
one-sided. And so not being, I guess I kind of got disenchanted. I got bored with it. Um, so I'm still writing, but I don't have that passion. And, and you know, if, if anybody listening, you know, that don't mean, you know, I, you know, I try to be objective and et cetera, but it's, it's kind of like, I guess the thrill is kind of gone. <laughs> Okay, I mean, not even just the thrill is going. I think with anybody, when you've been doing something long, long, you want to do something different. So, mm-hmm. yes, you can still do a writing in newspapers, but to expand, you've expanded to what? You've expanded into creating your own lane with your own, uh, with your own, uh, I guess, brand, you would say. So tell us about the, the expansion into radio on what? W-U-R-D radio. So tell us about the expansion into radio. Well, it's I've always been a guy who came up with with ideas, suggestions. Like I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. Some people call it visionary. I just say I'm a dreamer. I love coming up with ideas and concepts with shows and programs and stuff like that. Um, whether it's community-based, organ, organizational, whatever. And so writing allows you to do those things out loud. And so one day, you know, I had an idea with it where I wanted to tell a different type of news. Like I told you uh, earlier, like I said earlier, I was kind of getting tired of the same old news, the same old. Uh, and so I came up with a concept. I said, you know, we need some new, we need some news that are uplifting. We need some news that's empowering. And so I came up with Tell Me Something Good. And, and so I was at a station and I, I actually wrote it down on my computer and, you know, pushed it around in my head a little bit. And so I was intending it to pitch the idea to someone at Word Radio because I, you know, I'm good friends uh, who work there. And so I happen to have been a guest on Brother Shamari's show, whose show Groundings come on every Friday and Sunday. And so I was a guest for some other reason, um, community issue that I had covered, and he invited me in to talk about that. And uh, we were in a we were in the break room during break and and I told him about the idea and he said, well, uh, he said, well, you could do that here. And so it's, I, I gave him the idea. I wrote it up to, for him. He asked me to write it up for him. I sent it to him. And that was two years ago, two, two years later. We're still doing Tell Me Something Good where we're, we have interviews with positive and, and, and enlightening and empowering people. Um, we, t- we give news briefs of positive things happening in the Black community. Then it started with, a, then there was a column um, in the University City Review, uh, Tell Me Something Good column. And from that came Tell Me Something Good podcast. Um, actually, the podcast came before the column. So then came the, the, the podcast, which, um, which I host ideally every week. It hasn't turned out that way. <laughs> but So yeah, it, it became almost like a little franchise. It became, but it, it still is. Not, it's become, so it's, it's a franchise. It's Tell Me Something Good and and you're repurposing it, you know, wink, wink, repurposing it. That's one of the things I teach on repurposing your content. So you repurpose it in different areas. Are you still, it, it will, can you catch the, tell me something good um, articles in the newspaper weekly? Or are you being able to, to continue to do that? Um, actually, no, actually, no. The, the, the column is, is no longer being written at this time. Um, the podcast and of course, the radio segment can be heard on the first and third Friday of every month. The, the podcast is, as a matter of fact, it during the holiday, the last 
the last podcast was in December, and we're just relaunching for the year um, now. It's actually on my computer now, ready to be uploaded. Um, so when it comes to, to, to newspaper writing, uh, a lot of people think, why can't you just put my story in the in the paper? Why, why, why? But do you understand? I don't know, just to, just to educate people, every line on the paper costs money. So if someone writes a page and they're saying, hey, uh, 500, 500 words of something, 500 words speaking about something or somebody means that the paper has to pay per line, right? So, that, so most people think, why not? But every line on the paper has to be paid for by the newspaper. So that's why everything doesn't get to get to be written because it costs money to be written. It always takes money to, to, to do everything we're doing. So how do you plan on expanding from, from Tell Me Something Good, the, the uh, radio segment, the newspaper uh, column, and the podcast? What is your next expansion uh, going to be? Well, those who, who listen to my podcast, that's a very new platform for me last year. And it, it, it was the responses I received for those, if someone's listening or watching um, and you're out there and you were one of the people who gave me those responses, I thank you all for that. The responses were so encouraging. And so, but I'm, I'm, I had to learn that platform and I'm still learning it. You know, and uh, so what I plan on is to really to to really become well acquainted with it so I can give my listeners the best experience uh, possible. And so so I want to I want to make sure that it, I want to get it. Uh, uh, how should I say I want to make sure that they, they know exactly when to get it. Like I, I had erratic publishing last year. You know, I'm, I'm dual employed, multi-employed. There's a whole bunch of things, issues that happen in life. So I want to make, I want to get more consistent with the publishing. Um, I want to bring back the column. Um, not yet. <laughs> I'm going to bring back the column because right now I have to slow some things down. There's a lot happening. And, um, and, and, and I want to continue to work on the content. So um, if, you know, it's basically been news briefs, in the podcast and, and, and informative information, but next I want to I want to bring about interviews, sort of like what we're doing now. Tell me something good, interviews, etc. So I want to continue to build on the content and the professionalism of it, and and to make sure that it's the the scheduling of it, the publishing of it is more consistent. All right. So what do you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. What do you um, want to do when you grow up? Well, you know, I'm like Peter Pan, and as I mentioned in my book, The Peter Pan Complex, I, I'm, I, I never want to grow up. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I never want to grow up either. <laughs> I see the problem that those adults out there have and the responsibilities, and I'm like, no, nope, not for me. Um, no, what, you know, I want to be, and I wrestled with this, uh, Shelly, I wrestled with this, I'm like, when I got to the newspaper, and I, I, I realized that when I sit and I write an article, I'm like, oh, it's like pulling teeth now. I loved it for so long. I loved being out there. But when the story starts out the same, and I'm like, well, if you're not doing this, and you're obviously pretty good at it, what are you going to do? And so I want to produce content. I actually want to be a content creator on various platforms. YouTube, uh, uh, podcasting, writing of different types, you know, except I just don't want to, the, the thing about journalism that, that, that I, I guess I found it more 
it got boring to me was the who, what, the, where, when thing. And it's this format. And I played with it. And it drove some editors crazy, but they liked it, you know. Um, and it was created without playing with the facts. You know, um, a language is very fluid, you know. Uh, uh, so I try to use it. I try to use the magic of language in a way that people get the story, but they feel like they're in it. And that's one of the greatest compliments. So many people over the years have said, man, when I read your articles, it's like I'm there, you know? <laughs> and I'm just talking about something that happened in the community. I will play with AP style. Um, I, will, I, will, I will take chances with the language, you know, but without jeopardizing the facts, without. And so um, I just want to be a content creator now. And as a content creator, I'm able to go out there and use the magic of language, to use the magic of imagery, to create, again, I'm a dreamer. So now I get to dream out loud using various platforms. And that's what I want to do in the future. So with that, you know, I have coming up, uh, I have Creative Balls Course Academy, which is going to teach us creatives, the, the, the podcasters, the radio show hosts, how to use your platform to make money through courses. Because actually, how are you going to make money doing it? How, how does it? Unless you have major followings, that's who, that, that's who really makes the money in, in the whole media thing. So what are some ways that, that, that you're going to be able to monetize it? Say to say, cash in on it. What are some ways you're going to, going to be able to cash in on on being a content creator? Well, you know, it, it's sort of like, and, and I didn't mention this, when I, when I first began in journalism, because I began working with various organizations, um, I was always their media person. I was always their, uh, the person who did their, their journals. I was always the person who did their articles. I was always the person who did their press releases, even their public service announcements for the radio. And I found that I, I loved that because I had the creative license to do as I please, just get the message out. And it always worked. I just, I have no idea that, you know, I'm just blessed that God gave me that talent. Uh, but one thing I started when I started doing newspapers, I started just writing newspapers. I would volunteer my, 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 my writing for different causes that I'm passionate about. And they would always, almost always get published. And I would, but I didn't ask for a fee. And because, and I would tell people, they, they would say uh, things like, well, aren't they using you? I said, no, they're not. They might be using me, but they're not exploiting me because I'm learning the craft as I'm doing it. This is for me. And, I, I, and in answer to your question, Right now, I'm learning the platforms. I'm learning the craft. I'm making my bones, so to speak. And so the first task for me is to, um, is, is to build an audience while I'm learning. And then from that, I can capitalize later on. Because um, people, people don't know me in those areas. They know me in writing um, and journalism. But they don't know me in podcasting. They don't know me in these other areas. So I'm going to, right now, it's all about learning the craft, giving them the best, becoming my best so I can give them my best. And then later on, uh, I, I believe people will pay you. Your, your gift will make room for you. So oh, that's right. Your gift will make room for you. But what you didn't say, I was hoping you said, well, I'm going to transition into what? I am now a published author, but he is now a published author of Metamorphosis. Tell us about, I mean, metamorphosis. Some people are like, hey, what is, what, what is that all about? Because I believe, me personally, knowing your backstory, uh, you don't talk much about your backstory, but knowing your backstory, 
and knowing where you are now, you have totally made uh, it, your life is a metamorphosis. Everything you do is a transition and and, and, and and transformation. And it's like, wow, to see where you've come from. So talk tell us, talk about the whole metamorphosis process. It's a process. It is definitely a process. And I am an example of that process. As I said, I was I was on Rick Ford's show on We're Ready to Recovery Talk 101. And, I, and he interviewed me about the book. And I was telling him, I said, well, Rick, you know, the person I am now, I was not 20, 20 plus years ago. You know, I was incarcerated. I was in a system. As a matter of fact, uh, this is where my metamorphosis began. The guy that you see, that's the teetotaler. Well, I've hung with a bunch of guys, you know, roughnecks who well, we, we worked all week, but at night we go out and drink and party and get into bar fights and get all stitched up and go to work the next day. Wake up in the hospital, not remember what's going on. Other people in the hospital, we don't know why we put them there. <laughs> you know, my, so my life was uh, actually a wreck. My, my life was actually a wreck. And so the metamorphosis that I talk about in the book, even though I don't mention myself in the book, but, but the process that I talk about in the book is the process that I incorporated and I utilized myself. You know, um, the, the, the metamorphosis, and I always say this, if you're looking for something new, like if you're just looking for something like, oh, I want to, it's going to give me 10 secrets to success. And, and um, but these aren't secrets. These aren't secrets. In fact, they're passed down. What the difference here is, is that in the, the process of metamorphosis that I've learned, experienced, and it's not just based off my experiences. I, yes, they are based off my experiences, but hundreds of people whom I know and I've shared with, before I even rip, um, I've become a writer, people used to come to me for their advice. And, I, could, and I, I say this, I said this to someone the other day. I've never seen anyone come back and say, I've tried this and it didn't work. People will come back, 20 years later and say, man, you told me this and I thank you, or you said this and I didn't listen and I, I wish I did because then this happened, you know, and to the day, but, and, 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 and I praise God for that. You know, um, I should have been a life coach, but. Well, who says you can't? You still not, you didn't grow up yet. You know, you have time, you're still right. young. I'm still on Never Never Land, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, have you, should, you should be a life coach. I mean, you glossed over, uh, some things it's like I, I don't I don't understand why it, we're in the world when when it comes to uh, social media world we tell our life you know most people start with their story like like um, Les Brown when he's speaking he's talking about the story what is that story you have to tell and most people can identify with the story but you'll glance you'll you'll gloss over one story the story that says yo I, I I'm a I spent twelve years as a front page writer but yet and still. I had a, a, a transformation that was, I used to be incarcerated. Like that mm -hmm. to me is like, wait a minute. If you told that story and then say, I wrote this book and they see what your life really is. Because if you never told me, I would never, ever, ever in my life think so. You know what I mean? So well, that should tell every book. You, that Your books should really just fly off the shelves because that transformation that you made, the metamorphosis you made, is incredible. Like I can't even. Like I, I, I promise you because I know you. I'm like, man, it, it, you couldn't tell me. I still don't believe it. I mean, I know it's true, but I still don't believe it. And I've known you for years. I still don't believe it. Not you. So that means that everything that you've written in the book, the process that you, the process that you use to to change and transform, 
is real. It's real. And you know, Shelly, to this day, I, 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 I was talking to someone and I smelled a cigarette and, you know, it, it just disgusted me and et cetera, et cetera. And they mentioned it. They mentioned it too. And I said, yeah, mommy. Uh, oh, and they asked me, did I ever smoke? I said, yeah, I smoked for 20 something years. And he looked at me and said, I can't even picture a cigarette in your mouth. <laughs> I said, I smoked, I drank, I did. <laughs> and I said, and, and, and they were shocked. And I said, yeah, that's what transformation is. You know, when a caterpillar goes into his cocoon and transforms into a butterfly, and he comes, he crawls inside, but he flies out. And he's furry and wiggly when he goes inside. But he's beautiful and painted and colorful when he comes on, when he flies out. You see very little resemblance or no resemblance at all to the caterpillar, to the butterfly that, that you saw from the uh, caterpillar. It's totally different. And so if I look like, you know, somebody say, oh, yeah, I can see it. Then is that real transformation? <laughs> the real transformation is when you, 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 you no longer can be identified or have the appearance or have the or have the. Or exhibit the same behaviors that you did prior to your transformation, you know. And so, there's no going back. It's, you can even just you can go through it. As I write in the book, you can go through it, or you can grow through it. And I chose to grow through it, which means once you expand, you don't go back to the same shape you were before. You can't fit the same pants once you grow. <laughs> you know, if I'm a 38, I can't fit my 32 pants anymore. It's been many, many years since I had a 30 since I wore a 32. But anyway. And, and, and that's the process of transformation. And, and, and I chose in the book to, to focus on more on the actual process itself because I got kind of got tired of telling my story, <laughs> to say the truth. And I said, I want to tell, I, 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 I don't want to limit, I don't want this to make this a thing for simply those who are, are returning citizens. I don't want to make this a thing for those who are in recovery or somewhere. I wanted to make it and keep it general so, because it is a customized blueprint for personal transformation so that people who, uh, whether, they, whether they have uh, habits they're trying to break or whether they have uh, uh, occupations they're trying to break into but may be stuck, can take these changes and customize them, take these suggestions and customize them to their own needs. And so I didn't want to pin it and assert, paint it with a certain brush. And I do understand that. But as a marketing person, I'm just trying to paint it with the brush because I'm like, all right, can we do a challenge? Let's do a transformation, a metamorphosis challenge where we do like a 10 day challenge. We implement some of the process and in 10 days, let's see how things change. You know. But I'm ready to just market it from, from that particular standpoint because I, I said, you're right. You don't look like what, not that I knew you before, but I, I know from what I know, you don't look like that. A, a cigarette, I would never, ever believe. You don't smoke, you don't drink, it, and, and you come from that. So if anybody wanted to change, if you wanted to really transform from a habit that you had, so it's basically ba breaking bad habits. No, that's just a part of it because- you know, everyone's not, change isn't just for those who have a habit they want to leave. Sometimes it's people who have habits they want to acquire. And so, for example, um, when I became a writer, I had to learn certain habits of a writer. Writers write. We write every day. 
You know, now there's a difference between a published writer and a writer, but the thing that makes a writer a writer isn't whether they get published, it's whether they write. And so, so uh, those who are reading the book, reading the book and they learn some of the habits, they learn some of the principles and they, they never had a problem with drugs. They've never been incarcerated. They've never hit rock bottom in any way. They don't have any habits they're trying to get rid of. They're trying to learn new habits. They're gonna incorporate these same things, customize the same principles and practices that I've discussed here to maybe become that writer or become that radio personality or to become, um, maybe they have a problem with, maybe not a problem with drugs or anything, but maybe there's a problem with stability, you know, maybe in certain areas. These principles, these practices can be incorporated there. So it's, it's holistic and which is why this is actually a workbook because you could, you could just read the book and get some gems out of it. There is no doubt about it. But at each chapter, there is a worksheet where you get to incorporate and, and practice. And that's how we change, through practice. Um, you get to practice the things that you read, and then you start finding yourself change. You start finding, when you practice on an ongoing basis, you start finding yourself becoming. And that's what this book is about. It's about the, the process of becoming. Whatever it is you wish to become, wherever it is you seek to go in life, this book is about that process of, of becoming. Whether you, you want to become something, you, you're trying to escape something in your past or change something in your past, or whether it's something you aspire to in your future. All right, so pick the book up for me. Show, show me the book. Again. I will show you the book. There's Metamorphosis, or I can't Can you see it? Me, there you go, me. metamorphosis. So tell me, without giving away your whole book, right? Give me the first step to uh, to transformation. What's the first step in the book? Read a little bit out of it, the, for the first step. Okay, well, matter of fact, that is the name of the first chapter. <laughs> Look, do you want me to read it or to tell you about it? Uh, you can read it or tell me about it, but I just want to know what my first step, because the first step should be picking up the book. That's you read this, haven't you? <laughs> the first step is picking up the book, and that is what it says the first step is. Those who have picked up this book have already made a first step. They're curious about change. They desire change. They desire evolution. And wait a minute. Let me say, um, when I say change, that doesn't mean, again, that doesn't mean that you're changing from something bad. You know, it doesn't mean you have bad habits you like to change, but again, it could be something you aspire to. But whatever the change is, the first step is you have already taken once you acquired this book or you begin talking to someone about change. You begin doing, taking some step towards learning the process of change or uh, uh, of doing something to implement that change. And so that is the first step. The first step is getting the book why, if, if I want to take, you know, there's a lot of life coaches, there's a lot of coaches out there, there's a lot of people who speak on getting out of your way, getting unstuck, but if I had to take advice from somebody, I want to take advice from somebody who I've watched totally transform their life, who I, who was who a witness, and, and, you know, your life is public record, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's, that's, the, that's the biggest thing, your life is a public record, so if anybody, you know, sometimes people can say, oh, I did this and I changed here and I did this and you can't really find the proof, but your life is the proof. Your life is on a public record right now. If somebody mm -hmm. goes search for Nathaniel Lee in, inside of the, you know, the, the system, you'll find Nathaniel Lee, right? Mm -hmm. It is, it is, it's public. So 
I know for sure that it's a fact, Jack, I know it's a fact that your life has made a total transformation. And if I wanted somebody to teach me how to change whatever habit that is or whatever thing I want to be, whatever we want to be when we grow up, because we all want to be something when we grow up, even if we are grown. So I'm going to say, hey, get metamorphosis. It's available on Amazon right now. It's a, it's available. And mm-hmm. if you need to, and I'm not saying you, you're a bad person. Change doesn't mean you're, you're coming from something bad and you want to change into something different or something good. But it just means that you want something. You want something for your life that's not the same right now. You may, you may want to be a journalist and you may want to be a radio personality or you may just want to be a, better a better at something so if you talk talk about metamorphosis the book uh man these steps this process is real it is it, it, it's just so real right and now and i'm not saying it because it's not my book it's your book i just want him to i just want y'all to understand what it's like to to know somebody personally and like whoa whoa wow you're amazing so nathaniel lee what are the one thing that you would want someone to know right now. Like, what is that thing that says Nathaniel Lee is what? Nathaniel Lee is a creative. I am a creative. I am someone who aspire to use up. And in, in, in Swahili is the word in, the, in Kwanda Kalumba, creativity. And I believe that the same way we use our creativity for entertainment, we could use our uh, that creativity to create businesses. Look at Facebook, look at Zoom. That's the process of creativity. Um, finding innovative ways of doing new things, except I'd like to use my talents and gifts. I believe it's a gift from God. And, uh, and I, I do believe it's a gift of God, which means I have a responsibility to use this and woe be unto me if I, if I, mess that gift up or I misuse it, misapply it. And so I'm very serious about it. And so as a creative, I believe that uh, my passion is to help people do just what this book says, metamorphosize. I've done this um, prior to this book. Before this book existed, I had a little workbook and um, I held sessions at a church uh, in North Philadelphia. It was eight weeks. Um, we I since held up. Uh, other lectures on the subject using that same workbook where people would come and and it was mostly men from shelters or in recovery and they would come every week and it got to the point where I was living in Southwest Philadelphia I would drive after work and I'd get there and the guys would see my car my little Honda Civic pull up I had a Honda Civic back then and they would flock to me now you would figure like sitting 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 sixty to ninety minutes in the in the back of a of a room in a church, talking to me and listening to the um, the same curriculum almost almost the same curriculum, but this book didn't exist then. Um, but they were fascinated. I would give them exercises, sort of like in the end of this book, there are exercises. Well, I gave them exercises to do to help them throughout the week until we got back together, and they would do them and report on them. What I didn't realize was the enthusiasm in which they did it. These were men who were had other things to do, they had other issues, but they would come back and be so enthusiastic about sharing what they learned from them. And then that's when I realized, wow, this thing really is potent, you know, and to whom much is given, much is required. I have to really be intentional about 
about this process because these guys have really embraced it. And, uh, and, and, and that led to this book that led to uh, metamorphosis. I'm hoping to do some more things with metamorphosis. I'm hoping, I want to, we want to pre, we want to pre book his, his course. He has a course coming up It's the metamorphosis course. So he has a curriculum he's going to teach. And if you really want to learn more, you really want to make some changes, whether it's losing weight, whether it's, is is uh becoming becoming let's just say becoming because becoming. it could be becoming so if you want to uh uh be a part of the course we're, we're pre it's coming so if you want to go to uh nate lee writes he's on instagram at nate lee writes go to your website which is what uh www.frontpagenate.org or com so go Join the mailing list. Get on the mailing list so you can get the information. When I say, I, I wouldn't tell you no lie. I mean, you want to, you want to become whatever you want to become, or if you want to change, change isn't change unless you change. So if you want that, you know, be a part of the course. It is coming up, and for anybody that is listening right now, you you get get on right now. It's going to be a discounted price, but uh, the next time it's going to be a little. You know what? Because that's cost. I think that's the thing, the change we need to do in life, that things do cost money. You have to pay for services. You have to pay for knowledge. You have to pay. And it, it is time for pay. If you want it, you want it bad enough. You want to become what it is bad enough. You will pay for it. So thank you, uh, Nathaniel Lee. Uh, this is 30 interviews in 30 days celebrating Black History Month, Black culture, and of course, 30 years for urban expressions. One more time, hold up the book and tell them how they can get it. Okay, Metamorphosis, let me turn this light off so they, they can see it. Metamorphosis, a customized blueprint for personal transformation. And it is just that. You can customize it to whatever the needs or desires of your heart happen to be, whatever your interests happen to be. And you can get it from Amazon.com and uh, Metamorphosis. Just hit Metamorphosis by Nathaniel Lee. It'll pop right up. You can get it both in paperback. It'll be delivered to you for 14, it's $14.95 paperback. And you can also get the ebook. So if you want it immediately, you want it instantly, um, download it to your device, your computer, what, what have you, so you can read it on the go. Um, you can also get it in ebook format on Kindle, and that's $12.95. All right, all right. Thank you so much, Nathaniel Lee. This will not be the last time you will see Nathaniel Lee. He's going to be all over, and we're going to pray that whatever God has for you, it is for you, but we pray much success for you because you deserve it. You deserve to sell millions of books and 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 not just for yourself because he doesn't care about financial gain but for the fact that if you get this lives will be changed and he's not selfish with his gift because he says he's using it for the lord which is what we should do right so thank y'all so much for listening make sure you go get metamorphosis by nathaniel lee front front page nate.org or dot com or, or go to amazon most people i'm not gonna go in totality most people have Amazon or know how to buy something on Amazon. So click the link, buy the book, and start making the changes that you feel necessary. If you put if you put some changes on your vision board for 2022, make this part of the change. It, it will transform your life. So thank y'all so much for listening. Thank you for checking it out. I didn't go to Facebook to see if anybody was uh listening or or, or anything like that. So let me uh let me go see Facebook, make sure there's no messages before we uh before we sign off right now um 
But Nathaniel Lee, if I, if I missed anything, you can go ahead while I go ahead to uh, I try to log on to Facebook, which is very slow right now. Anything you, else you want to tell the folk? No, Shelly, actually, you are very thorough, but I want to tell the folks, first of all, I really appreciate so, so many people in our community, so many people, some of them I don't even know, have, have so blessed me. They had suggestions and comments, and the compliments have been extraordinary. So I, I, I'm, I'm always careful to say, look, I, I, I want you to get the book because I'm more into the mission than the money, and I want you to share it with those who know um, maybe in need of whatever change. Like, again, it's, it's about what you, who you become, who you are, not what you have. So I, I really want to see lives change. My life was changed. The people uh, that I've had, I know many, many people whose lives were changed. And I believe that um, your, your life can change as well. All right, all right, all right. Uh, shout out to uh, DJ Kid Disco. He said, hey, good stuff. So shout out for you to listening. Shout out to everybody who's out there. 30 interviews in 30 days. We'll be back tomorrow with another interview. 30 days of nonstop uh, just pouring into you through people. I think I think some people get confused and think that they can only learn something from a celebrity or they can if they connect with a celebrity or somebody who has uh, done something they think is, is a miraculous or whatever, then that's who they want to listen to. But I'm sorry, us people, all people have something to say and teach you something. So tune in. Um, this is just going to be black culture, black, black lives, black life, black success, black excellence um, all month long. All right, y'all. Peace.